Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. How'd your speaking engagement go? It was Monday morning, and my employee and I were having our weekly one-on-one, and she was making friendly conversation, kindly recalling that I'd left early on Friday to go to a speaking gig, and she continued, Hey, and what did you speak about? Well, I don't know if she could tell that I paused before I answered, but I was more than a little hesitant. One, because we were on the job, and two, because she was of a very different political persuasion than me. And let's just say she was passionate, even militant, about a lot of political topics. And I answered her, post-abortion healing. I don't talk about politics, just healing. Interesting, she exclaimed. Now, this wasn't the response I was expecting. But it's what she said next that I found truly surprising. Hey, Hopeful. Welcome to For the Hope's Sunday Reflection, where we pause our Monday through Saturday reading through the Bible in a year time together to do a short reflection, which happens on Sundays or special days. And yes, today's reflection is prompted by the reversal this week of Roe versus Wade. But this, our time together today, isn't about that or politics. I know it's hard to think about abortion apart from politics, but I ask you that you give me a listen. This is just my story. So there we were, my employee and I, when I told her my speaking topic was post-abortion healing, and her exclamation of interesting wasn't what I expected. But then she said, I was that person in my college that everyone trusted with their secrets, and I've been asked six different times to accompany a sister to the abortion clinic. But you know what? I just waited. She said, every one of them regrets it. Now, my employee and I didn't go into a long recitation of case histories. She was just acknowledging that post-abortion trauma is a thing. In her words, her sorority sisters regretted it because they ended up feeling things they didn't expect to feel. It was a pain and loss that was unexpected because they thought it would be no different than surgically removing a wart. But that, my friends, is just that conversation. My story is that I've discovered that men experience post-abortion trauma too. It presents differently. And here's the rest of my story. For me, the beginning of that story was when I heard the words, So, what do you think we should do? And I said, I'll support you no matter what choice you make. At that time, I thought that going with her to the abortion clinic and paying for the abortion was the chivalrous, if not honorable, thing to do. Now, yes, of course, sex was the beginning of that story, but I'm talking about a heart-level story. Sex on the first date is sex of the most disconnected kind, and I want to talk to you about hearts. What I later learned through a program designed for post-abortive men and healing is that we, meaning men, experience the heart issue differently than women. 
women more readily connect their challenges with the abortion. Sometimes it's emptiness or aloneness or despair or self-hatred, etc. Men, on the other hand, present differently, and they don't make that connection so readily. They end up with an addiction or an attachment problem and later discover the root cause. And even then, it's often dismissed or willingly forgotten or medicated with continued addiction or dismissed as, I don't have the right to grieve. For me, I continued in various forms of self-medication and a serious sense of overachievement, like I could earn my own redemption. What I discovered was that I experienced a profound sense of failure. I failed to protect and I failed to provide for the well-being of my own progeny, my own blood. I also learned that I wonder. I wonder what might have been different, uh, obviously, if said child had been born. But I wonder what might have been different if someone had ever sat me down and said, Son, if you find yourself in this kind of trouble, you know that I'll do anything it takes to provide an alternative to abortion. Roger, I will adopt that baby. I have no way of knowing, of course, if I would have responded differently in that moment of crisis. But what I do know is that values are decisions made in advance. And it might not even have been my conviction or values. It might have just been a trusted voice whose values were so steadfast that they influenced me. Someone so adamant that abortion hurts more than just the baby and it hurts more than just the mother and it hurts more than anyone acknowledges that they would have been willing to step up even to their own hurt to adopt the baby. My friends, when you've made a decision that is irreversible, that's one thing. But when you've done something that takes another person's life, it's another. I just parroted an uninformed line about supporting the person I got pregnant in whatever she chose, and I abdicated any potential influence that I had. In this, I was responsible for the death of a human person. But there is nothing. And I repeat nothing that is more amazing than grace from a Savior who says, Roger, you're not more screwed up than I already knew you were. <laughs> and I love you. And I love you so much, I already paid your cosmic parking ticket. My friends, here's why this isn't about politics to me. I know what it's like to try to earn my own redemption. I know what it's like to try to earn the love of someone else because you've failed them. I know what it's like to hide, figuratively or literally, from my own failure, particularly still with food or with attempting to earn someone else's love or praise. I know that may not be everyone's story, but here's why I think it's more people's story than we often think. Regardless of your politics, even atheists and abortionists and pro-choice advocates acknowledge that the science is that a human person loses their life in abortion. And that affects people, regardless of their politics. There are people in pain, women and men, regardless of their politics. Many of them are in your church, and many, if not most, are hidden or hiding. Regardless of their politics... They need compassion, if not healing. My friends, there is hope 
You can't change the past, but you can change the meaning assigned to past events. You can change the experience of how you relate to that meaning of the past events. Healing is rarely miraculous and instant, even if I believe it can be, and I do. But true, lasting healing isn't found by you just uttering a new mantra to yourself. It's found in an external, objective truth that's anchored in a loving God and in a community who will remind you that one of the enemy's greatest tactics is isolating you into thinking that there is no help and no one would understand. In my opening story, I thought the surprise was that even willing participants in abortion are surprised by their pain. The good news, my friends, is what I later discovered. There is no greater surprise than hope found in being forgiven by the author of life. I love you. Amen. Amen.